Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Gamefly, and you listeners right now can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime to get a free month of unlimited games. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the pot of gold at the end of the feel-bad rainbow. <laughs> I am your host, uncontrollable falling down sufferer, Bob Mackey, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today, as always? I'm Henry Gilbert, and I suffer from decisiveness and indecisiveness. Uh, uh, and simple trick, Chris Antista. And today's episode is Bart's Inner Child. Be like boys! Be like boys! Just a lady. Now, the seniors in the back. We like Roy! We like Roy! Ooh, that's an early <laughs> premonition of the character Roy. Yeah. And uh, this episode aired on November 11th, 1993. And Chris will tell us what happened on this day in real life history. <gasps> oh my Welcome God. if you got him, Bob. It's only... <laughs> Home Improvement is at the top of the ratings, uh, and the E! Channel is finally getting a little buzz and a little attention thanks to a little program called Talk Soup, hosted by Greg Kinnear, and a young DJ named Moby is mixing disco with techno Ooh, these in were New the, York City. Uh, these were the great Kinnear years of Talk Soup. I was on board with Henson and a bit of Sparks, then I cashed out. Uh, Sparks was too much. Yeah. I came back a little bit for Aisha, but... When I mean Henson took Senor Sako with him, pretty yeah. much. And I feel like uh, Henson's era of Talk Soup was really an MST3K sort of approach, where mm. you got to know all the crew members, and there were puppets, and it was just super, super low tech. Over from Greg Kinnear, yeah, where he put everybody on camera, but. And uh, Henson's were, the funniest person, the most influential person. I am apparently not allowed to see do anything ever again. It's sad he just sort of disappeared. I was like, he's, this skunk spot guy's going somewhere. He's, and then he's the he talks over video of Wipeout highlight reels. Oh no! Is, or the I mean, it, actual well, show Wipeout, which is all it is. Don't feel bad for him. He took an ABC development deal. Mm-hmm. Like he's fine. I'm yeah. sure he's fine. Yeah. Unless I, he made I, a lot of bad investments. He but, was probably in four pilots we never saw. Also, this episode aired on my mom's birthday. Uh, Oh, happy when, uh, birthday, Mrs. Gilbert. When she was, oh my God, only seven years older than me. Oh, man. Really? Ooh, <laughs> I don't like that. So, uh, anyway. Try not to think about it. This episode, so they've been on a really great streak, and my theory is this is a 
a not great episodes in terms of plotting, but it's mm-hmm. still a very funny episode. I feel like when yeah. you have Albert Brooks on your show, everything has to get out of the way because he will ad lib his head off, mm-hmm. and you need to build scenes around him just saying crazy Do you shit. Think he d- I feel like he didn't ad lib at all here. He oh all no, very no, 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 he ad libbed a lot. He did as quite a lot. This this is Albert Brooks or A Brooks as he's always been credited. Mm-hmm. It's his first appearance since season one. Wow, he did he shocked. did Life in the Fast Lane and Call the Simpsons. Call the right, Simpsons. Yeah. He did those two. Hadn't been back since then. And he is a big time improviser of his lines. And Dave Merkin on the commentary praises slash complains yeah. that he everything he does is brilliant, but each take is different, which makes editing mm. it a real pain. And deciding because, which one to use, right? Yeah, yeah, deciding which one to use. Or you can't really splice them together because they just go off in another direction. And I really like the moments. There's a few of them in this episode, but actually in one, it's, it's not until the Hank Scorpio episode mm-hmm. that you really see how good he is bouncing off Dan Castle yeah. and that, oh they're uh, great together yeah and, it's, and there's none of that alright this I think is the weakest Albert Brooks character but it yeah. might be because he's intentionally subdued he's mm. very low key I think mm. and he's great as Hank Scorpio he's great as Jacques and he's Russ great as Cargill? Russ Cargill it's yeah. funny to think of how, how few times he's actually been on The Simpsons maybe yeah. five or six I think he's like five characters yeah the one thing that disappoints me though is I feel this episode starts with an examination of Marge's character and how she's kind of misused but huh. they sort of drop that to just have fun which is fine yeah. but I feel like like, uh, Bart we'll talk about her episode pretty much, pretty much yeah. and she just comes back with one line mm-hmm. it it's a little bit of a muddled one but i wonder if that also just comes from they handed it to george meyer who kind of had left and right. was like half out the door trying to get his own shows eventually he would not be able to do that and he'd come back but this is one of the few he has been credited in writing the, I think the oh yeah I know when the last one is and I'll mention it when it the time is right okay but and, the uh, I think Bob Anderson is the director I think he is a underrated director oh, yeah. mm-hmm. this is his first episode too and I'm sure we'll see many more of these in the future but he does a great job oh here. And I may share a personal anecdote why I hate Brad Goodman oh, okay. I would have my friend in uh, retail. The Electronics Boutique put aside Simpsons action figures until they were put on clearance, and then I would then scoop them up. Nice. And then they stopped releasing, Playmates stopped releasing the series lines and then went to the Celebrity series. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, save some Simpsons figures, and it's just like Home Alone airport music. I'm running over (laughs) there from my awful mall job, and I get there, and it's just three Brad Goodmans, Uh, and I bought all of them. I'm sure you could buy a a gross of Brad Goodmans for twenty dollars, and also the Vacation Smithers and other terrible. It looks like me. Like it looks Uh, like me now. You don't have as much of a fro, I don't think. But I'm I'm undergoing a full transition into John C. Riley. So one last thing I want to talk about is I feel like this episode is very of its time in that, like quote unquote, normies were finally accepting uh, therapy and self help mm-hmm. that's where Frazier sort of spun out of and it's an examination of the anxiety over mm. I need to fix myself mm-hmm. I feel like there was this weird uh people didn't want to approach that, that oh that's for people in big cities as Marge says later in the yeah. episode yeah. well I I mean that's a, one of my favorite episodes of King of the Hill still kind of deals with that it's the oh. Christmas episode where Bill oh. keeps trying to kill himself yeah and they refuse to get him mental help mm. and when Peggy suggests it Hank says Come on, Peggy. He's suicidal. He's not crazy. 
it hasn't come yeah. to that. Yeah, it's, it's, they just refuse it. But I, I think this too is the thing you saw a ton in the early nineties of just psychobabble sounds interesting. If we say these types of things of like, I'm just enabling your life script. Yes, that sounds it's, funny. It's very strange how little. We'll get to it later, but how little the psychobabble has changed. Yeah, it in all made sense to me now. I was like, yeah. no, I know all those. Phrases. None of that sounds like, confused. It was not jargon anymore. To me. <laughs> no, yeah. no longer jargon. Uh, and when speaking of things replaced by other things today, mm-hmm. Craigslist has replaced the opening bit of this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And none of it's free. No. <laughs> uh, no, there's a for free. That's true. That's, that's actually the only way to get rid of furniture yep. in San Francisco. You have to put it out. You have to take a picture, put it on Craigslist. Like, just come get it before or my landlord Or rock band instruments, it. right? <laughs> yeah. I, I've done that twice now. I'm going to build I, a homeless man's cabin out of rock band drums. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. When I moved here 10 years ago, I got 11 years ago, mm-hmm. I got a... my first couch was a pair of couches a love seat and a longer couch they matched and it was just this couple in walnut creek like we're moving we're getting rid of it and then when i moved to a smaller place then i got rid of it on craigslist back the and i would <laughs> yes and you just take a picture and put it up like look it's a free it's a free couch i actually use the uh free real estate line from uh, it's free real estate it's free real estate come on for real estate. Yep. The reality here is that you uh, no car and you can have the trash people come and pick up furniture once a year and then it is an astronomical fee. That's why yep. there are so many free range couches roaming yep. the hills of it's Berkeley. More, it's more expensive to like just get ri- to just throw it on the street for yeah. free than to pay to get rid of it. Just dump just it on the street it. and run away and just Horrible. like it's not my problem. Just from a land of landfills like yeah. it's <laughs> so easy to get rid of shit. So but, but yes, Homer fulfills the dream of all tra- I, of people looking for free things. And this is so weird because I, for some reason, I I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know it was going to happen in this episode. And I'm going to pull back from the microphone and try my best not to yell, "Oh boy, Bobby!" <laughs> I heard it. Ah, the Daily Newspaper. Ooh, the Springfield Men's Shelter is giving away sixty soiled mattresses. Why do you read that free column, Homer? They never have anything good. <gasps> <laughs> Trombampoline! Trombampoline! He said what now? Trombampoline. <laughs> I love I love that clip. I have always kind of beat myself up for not choosing a better news clip. Oh, it's perfect. But if yeah, if you're listening to the show, you understand what that means. Dun, 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 mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, now after you're reacting to new mm-hmm. a newspaper, after mm-hmm. hearing our listeners' compilation of all of your oh boy bobbies, I heard that in my head after Homer said, "Oh my god!" I did. I did <laughs> manage to find that video. Jonathan had, had it on unlisted, so it's oh, on okay. our. It's on lasertimepodcast.com. We can just keep it underneath every Simpsons. I hope uh, they update I'll it. Add it to that. Yeah. yeah, it's already there. So like, okay. you just copy and paste it next time. Awesome. I will do that. And, but I've been that excited of like I can't speak right. Like I'm so excited about this thing I just saw. Like Drabapoline, Drabapoline. Yeah. I, I it it felt very real. The Nintendo console announcement will do that to me. <laughs> I think you can watch me on film do that about the announcement of Dragon Quest Seven and Eight getting localized. <laughs> then Homer has a very Chris Peterson moment of. Huh? Crashing that, uh, the Get a Life character. Um, crashing that car. I'm like, no, you don't. That yes. trampoline is mine. Yeah. That's so mean. Yeah. Like, or it, just callous. So, yeah. Krusty is the one who's selling it. And I think it's just fun, kind of odd to see him in a normal residential house. That's what I thought. Like, I, was, I was asking, is this, is this all part of the ruse? Yeah. The tramp- like, I need to rent a house to get rid of this trampoline to appear like a normal person. Yeah. I mean, I think that looks mostly like his house from Krusty Gets Busted, but not from mm. Bart well, the Fink. He's in a mansion. Well, no, Bart the Fink. I'm trying to think of ones before this. Oh, Bart right. the Fink. He's in a mansion, mm-hmm. but 
he's had to he was in an apartment in Krusty Gets Cancelled, mm. but you wonder if he had to move there because he lost all his money. That could be it. Mm. This, I also think, is the first time Krusty and Homer have oh. been alone in a scene together. They've never been... I don't think they've been together in a scene in the show without Bart, at least nearby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey! That seltzer ain't free! <gasps> Krusty! That's me! <laughs> Here for the trampoline? Yeah. What's the deal? Well, I used to do a lot of tumbling in my act, but I'm phasing it out for more dirty limericks. There once was a man named Enos. And I can just haul it away free? <laughs> yep. It's all yours. <laughs> the Enos one was a nice uh, spin on Nantucket. Yes, yes I don't great. think I got that as a kid. I at all. definitely didn't. Oh, the Enos one, I got yeah. that. It was such an. I thought it was so obvious, even as a kid. Like, oh, that's penis. I've never heard the Nantucket. I've never actually heard anybody relate that limerick, mm-hmm. except when they're making fun of limericks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because when we'd hear those limericks on TV as a kid, they couldn't say the dick that's, so long you right. suck it. You're right. Part of Nantucket. <laughs> And, and it keeps on going. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Enos thing is so obvious. I didn't think it was a real name until they revealed Fry's non-grandfather Enos All on right. Futurama. Not a great name. Let's and not use that again. Let's not forget Big and Little Ennis from uh, Smokey the Bandit. All right. Smokey right. the Bandit. So trampolines. Did either of you own a trampoline yes. as a kid? I oh, you own no, 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 no. My parents were not down with that at all. No, mine weren't either. And, and like that's because. This, this this whole sequence is glorifying like wow look at what having a trampoline can do but like if you drive through the south like the, this person will have like half of their trailer missing and still an immaculate trampoline <laughs> like, I don't think it's an expensive item well I, uh, I, we had neighbors that had a trampoline and I was younger than them but I feel like they were teens using it for sexy fun and I was just like a trampoline this is great I mean, but we, it was we, also kind of scary which is illustrated in this episode yes. where you're in the air you could land on something on a bar the, on the ground yeah the most I've ever hurt my fr- I've never really like gotten a fight with physical fight with one of my friends because uh, I have no constitution and and <laughs> The, uh, I got double bounced like twice above my friend oh my and just was like just trying that wily Coyote like stop I'm going to land on you and I and he's in the air too and and I just I came down with my elbow like right in his shoulder oh. blade and I didn't break something but he had to go to the hospital and his parents hated me forever and it's like I I couldn't do anything about it's it he double tra- bounced me it should just be a rule of like hey whatever happens on the trampoline <laughs> no fault like, I, I it's a death trap my parents thought they were dangerous yeah, they um, are they really are they're not for just fucking around well on. if you were a kid if you were a kid who was into wrestling, wrestling it was where you could do wrestling yep. moves oh. relatively safely were trampolines and, a large part of backyard wrestling I feel yes. like they were I think it was the start of people's backyard wrestling it's the go to place yeah. to check that oil and the well, what wrestling were you talking about? Well, oh, uh, but, oh god! But yeah, the they I had I had friends who had them, yeah. and I think I think the other aspect to it, or this could just have been my father. They, if you have a trampoline, your house becomes the kid, the kid house. magnet, and yeah. you don't want. And like now, you have to deal with all these fucking kids and and the possible I, liabilities involved with children yeah. hurting themselves. Yeah, the, the people in my neighborhood, and I, I I get them hating me now, but it's their fault for having a fucking awesome house. You have every video <laughs> game console; they had their house built, and I thought this is brilliant. Mm. If I ever am able to afford to buy a house and build it, I won't. Mm. Um, but they were like with the XS lumber. He's like could you just use the excess lumber and I'll give you like a grand and just make my kid a tree house out of it. So like <laughs> oh. construction workers made 
these kids the greatest treehouse I'd oh ever my seen. God. Wow. Um, it was amazing. Those spoiled best With lumber they'd already paid for. He was just paying for the labor. Man. I, yeah, my dad never wanted his house to be the kid's house. That's why he didn't get, we didn't, we were like one this of the few people now. in Florida who didn't have a pool. Just yeah. like everybody, he's like, I don't want a pool. It's a lot of work, and it's I don't and upkeep it makes me feel it makes me feel it. so old because we we're a one TV household, mm-hmm. and occasionally I, I got Street Fighter and Wayne's World on VHS. A revolving door of people coming over to my house to, to, to handle the unattainable. But we did have every console, and so we still became the kids' mm-hmm. house. Uh, though I also had this like, I honestly had this like personal revelation while thinking about it because I then remembered that. One of my earliest memories as a kid is that my grandfather bought me a swing set to put mm. up in my backyard when I was like three or four, maybe five. But my dad refused to build it because he just didn't want like it was a free free swing set. <laughs> wow. He it's didn't want to build it because I think he didn't want the neighbor kid who I was friends with and he didn't like those people next door. He didn't want them coming over. And so then I just had this realization of like, wait, I'm, I have like three things in my apartment that I have yet to build. Is this mm-hmm. why I do this? <laughs> because my dad never built that thing. And I, all I remember of that swing set is just a cardboard box uh, in the backyard that never got built. Wow. It was, it was a strong, but it, I, it makes sense now because like, I'm, I don't even have kids, but I do. They're like a, a magnet for lawsuits. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Anything in your backyard like that. So if you were a dad, I get. I can. I can empathize a little bit, but my childhood. Ooh. And it makes this sequence all the more prescient. Oh my arm! Huh. Wee! Ow! I bit my tongue. Each leap brings us closer to God. Catch me, Lord! Catch me! Wee! Wee! What have we done to make God angry? You did it. I could register. I registered the pain yes. when I saw that because I, I just remember like hitting That's my twisted, shoulder blades yeah. against friends and stuff on trampolines. Well, you surrounded with hard coils, yeah. like it, it, that's just how. If you it haven't is. seen the new ones now, like they come up with it, like their own spirit barrier fence like around everything all the coils are covered mm. it's Im- almost impossible these, to fall these through injuries are a little too realistic seeing yeah. Otto land on his spine yeah. his is spine painful is yeah he, he didn't needs... dislocate his arm yeah they kind of they kind of paved that over with like pop my arm back into place yeah. Yeah. but he he did land on his spine i i love the animation of when homer's on it the zoom in and yeah. out yeah. of yeah. Mars. that's really so cool good. first thing i don't think this is a very good idea in <laughs> that uh homer's imagination of trampoline world was a lot of or his 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 amusement park and a great callback to those soiled mattresses yeah. <laughs> i know i know it used, doesn't that's my favorite denial is that she's like no it doesn't like just friendly like no it doesn't they don't do a lot of cutaways in these seasons but this is a very good one it's so fast yes. and it, they just jump right back to what they were doing yeah they they do it on a cutaway here i thought it was pretty nuts mm. like uh well this is they'll well, set it for, up so they he's got to get well he's got to get rid of that trampoline yeah it's a and, magnet for children and they have that scene of the backyard that's all that's gone with it's, the wind. It goes from like right from Gone with the Wind into Looney Tunes. Like it's great. The parodies yeah. are all over the place here. Uh, but I love the, I love him referring to Old Man Simpson because I believe Homer's like younger than thirty six at now? this point. Right, yeah. um, wake up, Old Man Simpson. Hey, no more trampoline. Let's jump on the car instead. <laughs> Okay, the trampoline was a bad idea. But you know what? At least I'm out there trying new things. 
If it were up to you, all we'd ever do is work and go to church. That's not true. Name one thing you've done in the past month that was fun. I can name ten things. Uh, I made sloppy joes. <laughs> well, you, so, I think you just had sex, Marge, because this is the first time we've seen it's new Marge in bed, this Marge. Nude? Well, I mean, she was that in, say, the Blowfish episode. Yeah, she Mark. this is a bed. Mark Kirkland touch, but he did not direct this but, episode. But deliberately sexy. Yeah, like. it does undercut the thing. Like you're no fun. Like she's sleeping. It's in a surprise. In that whole like, scene, they're, they're both they're both lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, wide eyed. Yeah. yeah, before the kids get there. So this is the. I mean, I love this episode, but I feel like again, it doesn't really track well in terms of plot. Where they need to get into the story, mm-hmm. so they set this up. But it doesn't make sense because you know Homer's you know bagging on March not being fun. But it was proven the trampoline was the worst idea that hurt <laughs> thousands of children. Yes. She was correct. This yeah. This is the beginning of me, like, like name your favorite Family Guy episode. Like, what plot matters? Oh or, in, but, yeah. but when same I saw this as Bart's inner child, Brad Goodman, I didn't expect the trampoline episode because mm-hmm. they seem so disconnected. It's, it's sort of like a shotgun blast of jokes. <laughs> yeah, uh, like Krusty's shotgun. He points at Homer. Oh, yeah. This is not me complaining. It's just it's, oh, a, no, lot, it's no. a lot easier for me to nail down. I mean, what's in what show? We'll get to it. But the ending isn't great either. I feel like they can't really elegantly move into the actual story and out but, of it. But I, uh, this was when I'd watch it on the tapes uh, as a kid i think at least three times rewatching is like trampoline right oh it's this one okay yeah. i just remember the fun trampoline stuff but as a kid the roadrunner reference i yeah. loved it so much yeah. the animators it's one of those things you can't not get and, yeah. and now as an adult like if this were a cartoon this cliff would break and then <laughs> the what might be the star of this season the wolf howl to suggest nothing <laughs> no one i'm thirsty the time the time cut yeah. and he's like I'm thirsty. And then that's like a double Merkiny FU, a first of just like, he's going to tell you, we're not going to break off the cliff because that's what you'd expect. And then when you think like, well, I guess Homer's just going to die of thirst here. Then the cliff breaks off. And it's a a departure from season two where falling down the cliff really hurt Homer. This is fine. He Mm. just appears in the next scene. He's cool. Homer's rust laughter also is pretty good. Though not, it's, it's hard to come back from the craziness of Treehouse of Horror. Like, even his rust laughter here is not as crazy yeah. as his dogs playing poker. Well, what, what do you think about, like, this is the first... I like this montage. Crazy cutaway, though, yeah. where I was... I didn't want to, like, quiz everybody. Name whatever episode that's from, because it clearly goes back to a bunch of season one I things. I take on this challenge gladly. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. Am I no fun? Do I just nag all the time? Um, well, uh... You should have called. I was very worried. I'm on a tight budget here. Bart, watch your language. You are not going to perform that operation yourself. <laughs> that one's easy. Yeah, the well, hmms. actually, those last... Okay, none of the hymns. I won't do that. But you are not going to perform that uh, operation yourself. That's the twisted stomach yeah, one. Yeah, dog of death. Dog of death. What's, uh, we're on a tight budget. Uh, Type budget. It well, could Lisa's be Pony. the one with the lottery, maybe. Uh, or... I think they're all from the. Well, because the lottery is also the twisted stomach. Oh, one. right, right, yeah, right. And Damn it's it. also yeah. when she says, "Bart, watch your language." That's also from that because he's upset they're going to kill the dog. You're darn right, I'm upset. That's why I didn't like that one being in there because uh, it's, she was she, wrong. Oh, you're right. She was God, wrong. Yeah. That wasn't hey, hey but it's, it emphasizes a true nagger. <laughs> why did I do that? Why did I do that? 
Unless you're actually a person who nags. And uh, I was very worried, one, that is from him being drunk on FUD and coming back late. Yeah. uh, So that's from the Lurleen episode. All right, all right. But that tight budget here, boy, hmm, that's a tough one. Because we can finally introduce the introduction to Brad Goodman. I think that thing was a needed thing for the writers to mm-hmm. identify all we may all we've done with marge in 90 percent of our episodes mm-hmm. is make her the one who complains <laughs> we don't do enough with her all we've done is have her say i don't think we should do this yeah we shouldn't have fun this thing's too crazy that was all her job was and all those things so when they clip them together it's easy to see how poorly they've kind of used her. And it really is them sort of putting themselves down. Like we did not do enough with Marge, but again, they don't really follow through with that. I don't think. I know it's, this starts with the Eddie thing of just like, well, we'll, we'll do more with Marge. And they just dump her at the, uh, into the second act. But the, it's the Brad Goodman show after that. I also like that Lisa pretty much projected her memories to Marge and the way Homer goes, see, yeah. Like, so did they, like did the kids repeat those lines to her or were they just uh, thinking about they it they could have been just like remember the time we did this happened and this happened and this happened maybe i don't know but i like seeing marge with her sisters it's always nice because mm-hmm. they they make her worse they always they're yeah. like bad enablers they're kind of and not maybe in this season but like my favorite characters right now mm-hmm. they're used so sparingly yeah, they're so negative. It's they were so awful. They were so great in seasons two and three, yeah. and a little four. I like. I don't like this year from the, from the <laughs> first episode. Why is there a birdhouse in it? Like I just love <laughs> Pat, Patty and Selma. Blood pressure is off the chart, and I don't like this urine sample one bit. <laughs> You're headed for a nervous breakdown. You need Brad Goodman. His infomercial plays round the clock on Channel seventy seven. <laughs> Thank you, Martha Quinn. There you have it unrehearsed testimonies from important celebrities. Martha Quinn. She's one of my favorites. I loved her in the thing I saw her in. (laughs) You know, my course can help you with every personality disorder in the feel-bad rainbow. Let's look at the rainbow. What's in there? (laughs) Depression, insomnia, motor mouth, darting eyes, indecisiveness, decisiveness, bossiness, uncontrollable, falling down, geriatric, profanity disorder, or GPD. (laughs) And chronic nagging. 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 Sorry, it does that sometimes. <laughs> so that doesn't make a lot of sense. Nah, analog it's television fine. can't skip. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but it, it's a funny joke. Mm-hmm. I, I, he is being very low-key, but I just love You're how, right. Those are all how he's ones. underselling all of this crazy yeah. shit. I loved her in the thing yeah, I and saw her. Martha Quinn was an MTV VJ mm-hmm. who that did Noxzema commercials, I guess, at some point, and now the does nothing. Not the medicine woman. So she was one of the first like star VJs mm-hmm. of MTV. And bigger than Adam Curry, her biggest uh, her biggest sh- films were Eddie and the Cruisers two. Ah, uh, <laughs> couldn't even make the first one. And Problem Child two. Dude, that oh, movie's man. amazing. So, Jack Warden played, drinks piss. She played Impatient Nanny. <laughs> I'm guessing. I don't know. So those uh, she did she did a couple films after those, but if this was 1993, then those would have been the films he saw her in yeah. at that point. But. Brooks, I think, is doing an amazing job. Like he, his character is a soft-spoken con man. That's right. basically what. Though at he's, first he seems like a guy who wants to help people mm. and actually does. He's but. a better, more effective Lyle Landley, and I, I think mm. the plot just goes off the rails because he's very slow in terms yeah. of delivery. So they have to build a lot of show around these speeches he gives, and just like. The feel bad rainbow. What's in there? Let's take a look. I, I mistook this upon this viewing uh, as being a rigid adherence to a script, but I can I see what you're talking about now. Off mic, I was like, eh, mm. "This is the most boring 
<laughs> uh, Albert Brooks role. And I mean, look, Hank Scorpio is yeah. the best, and he is so bombastic. Yeah. And like, and and Russ Cargill is Get half that. Hank Scorpio. Tough, tough soft. Yeah. You try going crazy with that power, so fun. No one listen to you. That's that's great, but that's basically Hank Scorpio. This is him doing a character like yeah. there's a reason his hair looks like a puffy little brush, and he's kind of doughy and has a beige sweater. He's a softer yeah, guy. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a Stuart Smalley ish <laughs> exactly, character, uh, exactly. just very touchy feely and full of platitudes. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. just a lot of whispers. And he's also friends with the greatest Simpsons okay. guest star ever. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's just. Oh hi, I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such self-help videos as Smoke Yourself Thin and Get Confident, Stupid. Well, now I'm here to tell you about the only real path to mental health. That's right. It's the Brad Goodman something or other. Brad, can I go outside and play? A few weeks ago, I was a washed-up actor with a drinking problem. Then Brad Goodman came along and gave me this job and a can of fortified wine. Ah. Sweet liquor eases the pain. I'm going to give all that. i got, got to <laughs> yeah. give it line of the show, all of it. That's the joke. That was adjusting your self-ostat. Yeah. The uh, Brad Goodman uh, uh, That's tape. the something or other. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I feel like they gave Lionel Hutz's drinking problem to Troy McClure for this uh, episode. Uh, Marge on the Lamb was just the last episode with Hutz at his rock bottom. And now they're like, no, Troy also has a drinking problem. And everybody in The Simpsons is at their rock bottom. Apparently yes. he was drinking 100 cans of fortified wine a day. But you, 50. You, oh, you are 50? seeing the show get meaner. It really yeah, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone I, is at their lowest sometimes here. I, I, so, have you guys done it the, like I have of drinking before drinking alcohol, saying sweet liquor? Oh, yeah. This is the pain. Yeah. Uh, my my go to line is like, "What's that? You want me to drink you?" <laughs> Brownest <laughs> of the brown good. liquors. Yeah. And I didn't know. I never uh, wanted to look up exactly what fortified wine is. <laughs> I think I have drank it, but it's just it is it is a can be a canned wine mm. but it is it is wine that then has spirits added to it like extra right. liquor to strengthen it like brandy or whatnot i mean like uh thunderbird and ripple i think are <laughs> the uh are the Oof. go-to fortified wines i'm pretty sure and they're very low cost and i yes. think they can be sold at stores without a liquor license yep now it's just mad dog has them yeah but, uh, yeah. but it, yeah that was bum wine i knew thunderbird because it's from the classic stone cold steve austin promo about uh he when Thunderbird. He, his famous one where he's saying like what you had your song you talk about your psalms talk what? about your uh, uh, john 316 austin 316 says i just whooped your ass and the next line he says so why don't you go back and get yourself a bottle of thunderbird so you can think you're as good as you were back in your prime wow that's a good one uh, and when Homer when Homer enters on What Up, has a little tip of the hat to their Thursday night Fox friend, Martin. He's got a very jivey walk going on yes. there. Yeah. I mean, that is Martin. What up? Martin like that, became that my insane. second favorite show very fast, all because of The Simpsons. Yeah, I I think my family would just w- switch the channel to Seinfeld. Something whiter. <laughs> hey, look. I, I don't care much for the Shanene character. <laughs> it, is, it is a tragedy that this is the only time ever on the Simpsons, Phil Hartman and Albert Brooks were in the Simpsons. Oh, that sucks. You'll never get it again. Like, it'll never happen. We're on SNL together. That's a dumb stat. I think everybody knows SNL's original format as Lorne Michaels wanted it. Mm. Albert Brooks, you will be the permanent host. (laughs) You will come out every single night, give the monologue, 
and you might be in some sketches, but we'll have utility players. But it'll just be you, Albert Brooks. That's nuts to think. Albert that Brooks was, wasn't into and that, and it didn't happen because Albert Brooks said no. Yes. <laughs> think of but he did a uh, bunch of short films that did. were the, some of the funniest stuff in the original seasons. Yeah. So this video really encourages Marge to be more uh, proactive and less nagging. Yeah, and um, yeah, I can play that clip. That video really opened my eyes. I can see that I'm just a passive-aggressive cold culprit. By nagging you when you do foolish things, I just enable your life script. And that sends me into a shame spiral. Exactly. So from now on, I'm going to quit nagging and have more fun. I Set it off. That man. all makes sense to me, honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah, by complaining, we're just falling into the same patterns we always have. Mm-hmm. And I need to disrupt that pattern. That all makes but, sense to I me. I mean, the internet is almost solely based on uh, being ritualistically upset. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Chris, outrage you, culture is yeah, at Chris, it again. Are you against outrage culture? Is that what you're? No. I it's it's that. everybody though. Uh-huh. It's everybody though. The internet. When I got it, it was a place to share. Like, oh, you like that? I do too. That's so weird. <laughs> and now it's just like, why do you like that? Well, now it's all hot takery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, shut up. Don't peg me as one of those uh-huh. dudes. But it's it's more. It's on every single side. Like, I mean, um, it's a very cynical place. Oh. Yeah. This conversation makes sense, but then later we see there people are using psychobabble as a way to not be responsible for anything. Yes. Yeah. So. It, well, I mean, that's just how this type of episode goes of a good thing taken too far. Right. The Simpsons will be right back. Thank you, fine folks, for listening. Hope you're not too bored. You know what the perfect solution is for being bored and always has been? Goddamn video games. <laughs> That's why this episode is brought to you by Gamefly. And just so you know, you listeners can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and get started with a free 30-day trial of the service. What is Gamefly? It's like Net- it's like Netflix, but for games, you should know that by now. You create a queue. They ship out uh, two to three games to you. It's up to you. You play them for as long as you want, ship them back, and they'll just keep on shipping stuff from your queue. This is a great way to save money on not only playing a bunch of new releases, a bunch of old releases, because not only does Gamefly have over 8,000 titles ranging from PS4, Xbox One, Wii U, PS Vita, they go all the way back to the original Wii, the original Xbox, PS2 in certain cases. I know, right? And to sweeten the service even more, Gamefly allows you to buy a game back. Have you kept it out for a long time? Do you want to just keep it? Are you that settled into the multiplayer? You can buy that game back from Gamefly at an extremely reduced cost, and they'll send you the box and manual as if you purchased it anywhere else. Once again, you don't have to take my word for it. You can get started with a 30-day free trial for yourself by going to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Like, what happened? Netflix used to be like this, oh, fucking new documentary about this thing I've never heard of. Will do. Click. And I haven't seen one in fucking months. Yeah, I watched the Herzog uh, did? volcano documentary. Where? On Netflix? Netflix. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, it was good, but I it, love that guy. It was like really <laughs> long, and they do not understand blue skies. I mean, you know, he has a, he has an anime uh, documentary out there. You did know that, right? I've heard it. It's, but I've, it's, well, it's, I think it's about the internet. But I don't know might. any details. But he that. goes to an anime convention because uh-huh. I just wanted to see what this Attack on Titan thing was all about. <laughs> We're all battling some kind of titan or giant. I'm In a big fan of Chobits. <laughs> <laughs> the titan is our own ego. Just 
pretend you're a sad Arnold who lost his weightlifting championship <laughs> no, and now has to return to the sea to lay his eggs. Can I find the Trigon fan sub? I taste the despair when I ask how many episodes are left of One Piece, and I'm told 600. <laughs> 600 One I Piece I have episodes. waited for new Umaru-chan episodes I have in calculated the, what's left of my lifetime, and I shall never be able to consume this much One Piece. At this rate, I would have to watch one and a half episodes per hour. Every, running on a loop 24-7 be longer than the Simpsons marathon. <laughs> Uh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Werner Herzog. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Marge, I'm feeling a lot of shame right now. I'm hearing that you feel a lot of shame. And I feel that you hear my shame. I'm feeling annoyance and frustration, but also tolerance. I feel validated by that. Good. I'm glad we had this talk. Me too. And the kids are horrified. (laughs) They don't know what to think. Yeah. (laughs) Well... So then they just decide to go to the Brad Goodman thing. Yeah, and they discuss it, and then there's a... This is another this great is line. This is my line. This was my line in the show. But, but yeah. they, Chalmers had already done it better. Yes. And it would have okay. made more sense if they were coming in from commercial break. That's true. Which they clearly weren't. I Wait. wonder if that was the plan. Hmm. The, Didn't the, Chalmers have the exact same line? Yeah. What, what an, an odd, odd remark. Oh, or not, yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, Lisa's was, was what an odd thing to say, or Bart? It's Bart yeah, that says Bart. that. Yeah, Bart, it's, just, but it's usually remark. like, what do they call the rejoinder? Like well, this, the, no, this is a more specific thing than the Chalmers thing. Mm. The Chalmers thing was him just it's saying, true. like, you just said a joke. What a strange thing to just say a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. This <laughs> is Merkin, again, Merkin's hate of sitcoms. Yeah. When sitcoms always start with, well, we did agree to do this. The like, studio audience yeah. won't know we've left the house unless we yeah. say this. Well, I mean, this is the first thing that happens after the commercial break. Yeah. So it's like, well, here we are. But it's a thing. But it, it isn't, though. The what like, up was the lead oh, for the commercial break. Okay. But I wonder if they like originally planned it out. Yeah, that, maybe. I bet you're that right. That I bet you're right. From the yeah. commercial break. But then again, though. It still works. It would have been perfect if like just just a fade in front but of it. But it's something I've heard the, the. Let's hear the clip. Well, here we are at the Brad Goodman lecture. We know, Dad. I just thought I'd remind everybody, after all, we did agree to attend his self-help seminar. What an odd thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's something I've heard Al Jean bring up on the commentaries, too, of just in in a sitcom. Really think about it in a sitcom where a scene will end in a bombastic fashion or whatever at, at one set. Then they get home, and when they open the door, you know, on Full House or Perfect Strangers or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll say, I can't believe yep. you threw that pie. Be like, I can't Al- believe you left a junior mint. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Al Jean will point out, like, what do they say in the car ride? Were they just <laughs> silent? Very the awkward. right there? Yeah. Like, it became yeah. activated. Exactly. We had so, a vow of silence. So that's this... just one of their obvious things of, like, this is how sitcoms lie to you, or here's how sitcoms are bad. I think we get like a whole eight minutes of Brad Goodman yeah, up next. He, everything gets out of the way, and I love it. You get every response from like all the Springfield town folk, and I only captured this one because it fascinates me. Uh, Mo's accent. Hey, Mo, what's the matter? You no talk with your accent no more. Mamma mia. Uh, Mo has every 
biography. Yeah, yeah, it ever. doesn't really. It's got a Polish name, Italian descent. Sizlak wasn't he, a little rascal. Is Sizlak Polish? Yeah, I think so. But he's also but they so they created Sizlak so he could be MS, MS right. as as a clue. Oakley and Weinstein. And uh, but before that, in the Marge becomes a police officer one. He is a Momar, Momar, and that he is different ethnic background than Italian. And uh, the unnamed female bartender in uh, Flaming Moe's calls him mm-hmm. Morris. Yeah, That's Morris. Right. Yeah. Wow. Jesus Christ. So, and then, of course, he was one of the original Little Rascals in 1920. <laughs> yeah, like, he grew up with Homer in the blunder years. I, I don't think so. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, but so that inner child stuff, yeah. it, that, though not in character... It, or not an impression the writing is taken from real life then popular speaker therapist john bradshaw i knew you'd do this i was gonna be like is this tony robbins i'm not doing this it's, research. it's not tony robbins <laughs> john, I, I it's well i think the hard selling is kind of robbinsy but they're all the same type of huckster mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but but john bradshaw his thing was especially the inner child mm. which this is when for goodman the inner child takes over and and, that's that's the one part of the psychobabble you don't hear that much anymore mm-hmm. hey your inner child yeah. what makes us human and strive to be better is by ignoring that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well also your inner that that impates some sort of innocence on children of just like no children are horrible yeah. they're the worst and I do feel like they don't name check him in the commentary I couldn't find anything about this online but the infomercial where they're on a beach sitting in like deck chairs wearing Hawaiian shirts I feel like that's a reference to this infomercial I would see in the 90s of a guy with slick back black hair and his entire scheme was you buy 1-800 numbers yes, and you yeah. profit from them and he was always like on a beach wearing a Hawaiian shirt talking about the things he's bought with all of his money nope. I don't know his name if you're in the comments please let us know nope, I couldn't Belfer find from it. Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> he did some of that stuff too. Uh, but let's hear a little bit of John Bradshaw now. And so when children get no time from parents, and that's what they need from parents, children need time, attention, and direction. When children get no time, then they get it that they're not loved. They're worth less than the parents' time. So you could have a daddy there who's, who isn't there. He's, a, he's there, but he's kind of a shadowy figure in the family. He goes to his room, he goes in the living oh, room, drinks beer, watches TV, but nobody gets to talk to him. Man, he is, that is so televangelist mm-hmm. for yeah. something. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's the so same secular. type of con man. It's mm. just a different direction. But no, not to say that like he doesn't have good points there, mm-hmm. but... But the answer usually is like, so buy my book, mm-hmm. and then you'll get more of yeah. those answers. Answers keep coming to these things. It's almost like they're peddling easy answers. I'm getting ahead of our quotes here. Yeah. We're inching closer. Bob mentioned it on the Treehouse of Horror, and we're inching closer to Agnes Skinner being the force she is. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that scene is ridiculous yeah i mean i'm yeah. I, we hear skinner screaming which i love we don't hear it enough yeah. in the show oh, run my own life yeah i'm and, a grown man mother yeah and just is stabbing her and tearing her head off with his teeth i think yes he's yeah. ripping her stomach out but then him saying we're still going and anti- still on for antiquing right <laughs> she's not talking though right in, a year later, Agnes would have said, "You could have done that better. Or you're a failure." Mm, yeah. She would have had. She would have gotten the end of that joke. They kind of make her into an antagonistic character instead of just this um, 
this kind of mystery who we mm. assume is running Skinner's life, but we don't. We have no evidence of it. I yet. mean, it's Oakley and Weinstein who are in love with Agnes. Yeah, like they really built up Agnes. Agnes will truly become the Spitfire we know her as in the hundredth episode. Of Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass. Right. Song. <laughs> then Bart kind of does his thing, and you got to give it to Goodman that he is able to. He turned he into is the skid. thrown off yeah. by this kid interrupting him. You see, folks, we're all trying to please someone else. And as soon as you're not a human being, you're a human doing. Then what comes next? A human going! (laughs) Son, that's wonderful. Come here. Come up here. What made you yell out that remark? I don't know. You just wanted to express yourself. Yes? I do what I feel like. That's marvelous. I, I couldn't have put it better myself. I do what I feel like. People, this young man here is the inner child I've been talking about. What? I think he's just good at spinning anything into oh, a yeah. mantra. Just, totally. It's like, this is the new philosophy. And we did miss a few things. Uh, food goes in here. It sure does. But every, every there's so many residents have a great line. Yeah. And, and we like Roy, we heard before. Just yeah. everyone gets a chance. And then Apu, Stay the course, Nettie. You're doing super. <laughs> I wonder what Apu's problem was that, like, because he gets interrupted. By, by Lenny? He doesn't yeah. work hard enough. <laughs> yeah. And the, I'm always interrupting people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Lisa's. What? Like, that was a great cut to Lisa. That's when she realizes this is all fake. It's but, a great read. Only, but, only as a dumb cartoon nerd, it is almost the exact what Jafar gives in Aladdin. That is so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? what? This predates Aladdin by <laughs> about eight months, so... And, but no, the, it doesn't. Wait, no. Aladdin was 92. We're in 93. Oh, 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 wait, oh Jafar. Thieves! I thought you said Scar. I'm sorry. I'm uh, wrong. Sure. Chris wow, finally you, got Bob. That's Bob it. steering into this kid. You see I, that? I was thinking I th- about lions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about wasted opportunities in mm-hmm. the script. This is another one. Lisa going, what? Mm-hmm. And then also we're saying, he's just peddling easy answers. Yeah. It seems that she is seen through Brad Goodman, and there could be a plot of her defeating Brad Goodman or her, her facing off against him, but that's pretty much dropped, too. Brad Goodman disappears, right? He's yeah. not seen yeah. again he outside no of his comeuppance. golden statue surrounded <laughs> yeah. by women. Yeah, it's messier the more you think about it, because then now it just turns into... An episode about Springfield being under a spell. Which yeah. is there's many episodes like hey, that, which are great. People love easy answers, and as we can see with current events, they'll fight for them. Yes, <laughs> they love Even them. When they don't I work. love them. Uh, but I love Brockman here. A new mood is in the air in Springfield, as refreshing as a pre-moistened towelette. Folks are finally accepting their feelings and really communicating with no holding back. And this reporter thinks it's about time. Uh, of course, all great. these good vibes can be traced to one feisty little scamp who taught us that if it feels good, do it! Two cans. Lise, today I am a god. Is that why you're sitting on an ice cream sandwich? Ooh. <laughs> one of my favorite images from this season is that the couch, dog licking Bart's ass. The couch cushion has to be totally <laughs> fucked up, too. Yeah. Yeah. Next episode, sandwich. we'll find even more. And, and how uh, would you not know you're sitting on an ice cream sandwich? It's cold. Yeah, and 
greasy and slippery. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, we also hear about the Do As We Say Festival yeah. started by German settlers in 1946. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, they got to sn- sneak in Another Nazi Nazis joke. again. Yeah. It's but, so great. You, you'll never, ever get in trouble by making fun of the Germans. That's, uh, that's what well, happens. Specifically old Nazis. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think I did it as a kid. I don't think I did it as a kid until I saw Brockman do it of... Pouring the whipped cream can into your mouth. I had a whirlwind whippets phase, which did involve uh, going to supermarkets mm. and not tilting. All you have to do is not tilt it up, mm. and you'll get that high. What is, I mean, it's just like it's similar to paint toughing, right? It's, it's just, depriving it's, your brain of oxygen. Is that how it works? I don't exactly. It's but it is. <laughs> Jesus, this is a terrible place to say. Tell it, children, it, it says tell explicit how to do. It's drugs. the best high I've ever had. But <laughs> in terms of the bad it does to your body, mm. it's like five seconds. And which is for, you know, I got ADD, so it's a great, oh. I'm high. Oh, wait, sweet. Move, let's move on. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Uh, but it, it, the damage it does to your brain is like pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, I think it does isn't, mm-hmm. does not good things to it. I, I've seen people like know. like mentally hung over from too many whippets. And I'm talking like <laughs> the, the fucking like hobby cart cracker kind of things. The thing you oh, launch rockets yeah. with, like doing that shit at a fucking 1997 uh, rave you listen to the saint soundtrack um, <laughs> <laughs> so bart thinks he's a god but things yeah. aren't as cracked up as they're cracked up to be the wireless was an invention by guglielmo marconi who can tell me what his first message was uh, i want a change of my name <laughs> oh, good one milhouse <laughs> Anyone else? The first message by wireless. It was... Our 10th caller will receive tickets to Super Trap. <laughs> oh, jeez. Everybody's a comedian. I do love Barton referencing Super Tramp. Super Tramp! Super Tramp! I love Millhouse's satisfied laugh. I've, <laughs> I've done that a lot. Like, yeah, that was funny. Though that that scene is pretty much just what it is to be on a podcast. Where yes, like, no, yeah. I've got a joke. Me, I do. Yeah. It is. It is kind of weird in this episode. It's always weird in a sitcom or a, a a piece of written fiction where you have to write a character to be funny and be laughed at within the context of the scene. Mm. It's just like those jokes aren't great. Mm-hmm. I think Bart could do better, but it just sort of set off by the fact that people are laughing at them in the scene. Yeah. But if everyone's a class clown, then nobody. Yeah, is. Bart can be a good natured doormat. Nah. And meanwhile, Lovejoy tries to play the nah. entertainer, which is. Now, instead of my boring old sermon, I'm going to take a page from the book of Bart and do something I've always wanted to do. Take five, Mrs. Fish. Hmm. (laughs) Wait, wait, I can do this. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> this is kind of mean. This is kind of mean, but I want to say this reminds me of the end of every Mark Marin podcast where he plays the guitar. <laughs> and none of you snitches fucking tag him. I know who you, who you are, but yeah. just like now I'm gonna play the guitar for a bit, guys. It's like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want this. I just wanted so to hear the guy, comedian, Bob Mack, <laughs> talking all this junk. About he doesn't want to use stamps.com. Yeah. Well, like I'm, I'm one of the Marin listeners. Just like and eight minutes skip. Okay. Uh, there's our- no other voice yet. Okay, keep skipping. Okay. Yeah, okay. Here's Kevin Nealon. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're pretty good with at least cutting in different music. Like, ah, all right, I skipped to that point. Though, don't skip ads on this podcast, people. Very poor. This isn't exactly financially worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, this makes all Bart sad. Please, everyone in town is acting like me. So why does it suck? It's simple, Bart. You've defined yourself as a rebel, and in the absence of a repressive milieu, your societal niche has been co-opted. I see. 
Ever since that self-help guy came to town, you've lost your identity. You've fallen through the cracks of our quick-fix one-hour photo instant oatmeal society. What's the answer? Well, this is your chance to develop a new and better identity. May I suggest good-natured doormat? Sounds good, sis. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> so good. I didn't get that line for the longest time. Me either. That's awesome. So great. Uh, he, uh, he adapted so fast. But, I mean, just tell me what to do is such a great, like, double-meaning thing of just tell me what you to do. If she said anything, you could have said, like, just tell me what to do. But just tell me what to do is what a doormat would want people to yeah, do. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's great. It, <sighs> it's an underrated, clever line. I think we missed it because... It's uh, our eye as a kid missed it because like Lisa doesn't say funny things. <laughs> I missed it until right now, actually. <laughs> See, uh, right. but this I relate to this podcast. Is for. I relate to it so hard. I've I've leaned into the in the past of the role of the rebel and the the rapscallion and, mm. and someone who's motivated more on like a what do you call it? Not angst, but like. You can't do that. Oh fuck! Yes, I can. Yes, yeah. And, and now, antagonism. I don't yeah. Know. Now nobody really tells me what to do. It's just like I have an idea. Do you guys like it? Uh, like, uh, like, I don't know. Does that mean more work for us? Uh, but Willie okay. has an idea about the town itself. <laughs> if elected mayor, my first act will be to kill the whole lot of you and burn your town to cinders. Mike's on. Oh no, it's on. <laughs> And I, I really, hear, I, I did hear Mike's on. I really like Skinner. I, I guess I think this is. I, I someday I want to start calling it out the shit that was in the promo for the episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I heard this line a lot. Yeah. Skateboards, you copycat wannabes. Ow. Eat my shorts, young man. Has the world gone topsy turvy? <laughs> and uh, then we also get a line that like is maybe Smithers' gayest line of just saying like. <laughs> The boathouse was the time. Like, what was this boathouse? Him and Burns were at. I think like, it, they assumed a boathouse was where a lot of gay experiences would happen yes, for the first I, time. I, I could see why the Toadies wrote a whole song about it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and uh, uh, Homer's <laughs> do as you feel. It seems like he's just stopped showering and grooming. He's wearing a robe and slippers. Well, so his relaxed outfit. Oh. This is the thing I said I'd get back to later. Excellent. Uh, God episode. His relaxed outfit looks just like how he dressed in Homer the oh, Heretic, the right. last episode written by George Meyer. That's right except his hair is a little longer here he's let those two strands grow out but even you didn't Ouch. get to see homer in previous scenes embracing him being gross so it's just like this feels like a missed opportunity yeah and marge is wearing overalls and i associate that with my mom i feel like a lot of moms were in overalls in the 90s that's like mom jeans to the extreme yeah it is, it, it is so weird i find it so hot now and definitely didn't back <laughs> oh, then okay the what if they're just wearing overalls the fucking aniston are I hipsters mean, wearing overalls now like hipster girls in their 20s ooh, i feel like it would be yeah. and I'm no like, henry i'm not attracted to hillbillies <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, what a girl who's just wearing overalls that's like it's barely covering her boobs oh like, yes i've never seen a woman do that but uh yeah if you want to Try on some mosh gosh bagosh and send me a picture. Uh, I am H E N E R D Y on Twitter. <laughs> I've also definitely called things ice to cream as well. Ice that felt like a Oakley and Weinstein bit of, yeah. uh, of miscalling something. It, it felt like a season eight or nine joke. I love so I love the, the Quimby the, bit. Into, the animators oh. love drawing that mitri- mistress of his. Yeah. Like, hey, oh that was so Lord. funny. It's yeah. a, such a great visual bit. And Simpsons doesn't have a lot of like she her visual bits that all long. The way into that the that animator got the viewers a new pair of bongos. You. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to the Do What You Feel Festival. By the way, this young lady is not my wife, but I am sleeping with her. I'm telling you this because I'm comfortable with my womanizing. Yeah. <laughs> And now to usher in this new era of feeling good is the uh, godfather of soul, James Brown. Ow! I feel good. 
So, <laughs> so one, I'm confident yes. in this. Oh, yes. Death you at every turn. There it is, death. And I'm also, that's our Simpsons death jingle, if you're just listening for the first time. We play for every dead celebrity guest star. And he died on Christmas of 2006. Yep. yep. And um, wow. I feel like uh, I read an interview with Dave Merkin who said he wanted to give celebrities the most awkward lines to read. Mm. And this, <laughs> yeah, just like him knowing a lot about bandstand construction is a great line to give James Brown. Yeah. And then he says like not just one down bolted and goes meow. When he like throws down the washer, he's like meh. But, but I, unlike the Cape Fear episode, I can tell that it's him doing the song in he's the Simpsons studio. Live. Yeah, just just like how uh, Barry, Barry White Barry did White. it too. It's James Brown, in case you don't know, him, like mm-hmm. James Brown was an amazing an amazing entertainer, mm-hmm. amazing entertainer, and also a crazy person. He was yeah. a cuckoo crazy person in a in one of like these biographies of him right before he died Mm -hmm. there they were talking to i believe it was bootsy collins who had been a backing musician for him before he Mm -hmm. got famous and they said that james brown was a heart of terrible taskmaster if you were Mm -hmm. his backing band because he wanted you to be perfect every time Mm -hmm. and if he was on stage with you and he felt you were off tempo or you missed a beat he would turn to you and go like that's one. That's two. And he was like, "That is a. I am fining you. That's one fine. That's two fine. Damn, I'm that, taking that out of your paycheck." That's amazing because Rivers Cuomo of, of Weezer was doing the same thing before he became celibate for two years or whatever crazy thing he did to get <laughs> oh, saved. Wow. Yeah, he was fining his band members. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's, that's so nice. That's such a nice thing to do. But he was. He came up in the '60s, mm-hmm. an amazing entertainer. Yeah, famous for inimitable. Also, like he campaigned for Nixon, but he was kind of just in between. First, he campaigned for Hubert H. Humphrey in '68, and it was a pretty liberal guy, as in as a black entertainer in the '60s, you mm-hmm. would be. But then in '69, or for the '72 election of Nixon, he campaigned for Nixon, and mm-hmm. then he. I uh, feel good. Then he had a lot of problems <laughs> with drugs, and that's good. He had a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol after that. That and, man's never uh, felt good in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Stop I'm sorry. And uh, uh. so when this episode aired in 93, he was two years out of jail on probation yeah. because he was on like a chase with the cops. With a shotgun. With like... a shotgun on PCP. And <laughs> so I did want to show, I could have There are clips it. of James Brown uh, yes. being insane. So he... this is him in an interview right before he goes to jail, but dodging the questions about that police chase. This is James Brown clearly under the influence in a CNN interview. Well, I mean, he was doing PCP in his 60s yes. from crying out loud. I mean... Yeah, that is crazy. Have all the charges been dropped? Yeah, I'm out of love. <laughs> well, He's grinding his teeth. Out on love or out of love? Which yeah. is it? Out on love. Alone from night to night, you find me. Now, James, this isn't the first time you and your wife have had a problem. Are the two of you going to be able to work this out? Now, talk about some music. You want to talk about music, and you don't want to talk about what happened. No, it's all over. Well, let's talk about your tour. When are you leaving? We're leaving tomorrow. And where are you going? Rio de, Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo, Brazil. Now, your, your fans will have read all about this, James. Aren't you concerned about that? No, I'm concerned because there's nothing wrong. God, he lo- he looks uh, like if there's a deleted scene in Hidden Figures God. where an alien comes down. 
his flesh suit is slipping off. Oh, like. in his fucking shop glasses? Yeah, and yeah. his, and his uh, like little two white veneers, I'm sure they are. It just feels like those don't look like real this teeth. Charlton Heston neckerchief? Huh. It's like, why did you do this interview? Oh. Just and he, You think he did the interview just to be like, I'm fine! Had to be a publicist! Ha! It <laughs> looks like Jordan Peele did a, a sketch about this for uh, Jash. Yeah, the exact scene, but it can't be crazier than that. No. Like, Rio de Janeiro! Brazil! James I just Brown. want to sing. Oh. Seriously amazing uh, and a great take here. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on here. This bandstand wasn't double bolted. Huh. <laughs> oh, I didn't feel like it. Uh. Hey, I hear you, buddy. Uh, I don't want to judge the rightness of your ego orientation, but my inner critic says you should have done your job. Hey, now, Marge. Let's not should this fella to death. Yeah. Next you'll be laying a guilt trip on me for not oiling that Ferris wheel. <laughs> Ferris wheel breaks off and rolls down Springfield Square. So I have a theory about this. Okay, that Bob, as a consummate commentary consumer like myself, oh, sure, sure, you have probably heard them reference in multiple times the animators feeling over demanded of animating something. Yes, yes. You asked us to do something too much, and they every once in a while will say. Remember that time he has to do the one of like the circus train runs into the zoo? That was actually Burns' air that oh, happened that during. Oh, that was supposed yeah. to be Burns' air. Darn That's it. when the hammer came down and the animators were like, no more. We can't do this anymore. You must stop with these crazy changes at the last minute. But this is also a very ambitious yeah. scene. A, a, a Ferris wheel run amok. Okay, so my... Well, darn it. You've killed it, Bob. My Which theory... think about it, would be the most fun Ferris wheel in the universe. Yes. <laughs> my theory was that this was the compromise scene of that that they were I've told wasted like, my life. <laughs> when the ferris wheel runs into the zoo i thought it was like oh they were they were told originally oh. the circus train runs into the zoo and then it was more complicated but this is so much animation on the commentary the director or i think it's silverman bob anderson is not on this commentary uh they were complaining on the commentary like oh this was not a lot of work yes, like yeah. drawing a could... bunch of animals escaping from a zoo just for 10 seconds and yeah. then run into a crowd of thousands who then all chase bart like oh it's so easy i feel like with the chaos that merkin wants in his shows they really had to push back because he was yeah. like yeah, everything's a mob scene that's yeah, just what we I do have, I have a cartoon now We, you draw everything and it's the magic pixies do it and you know when in our Oakley interview he kind of touched on the like you just talk to the, the directors mostly so you don't get to know the art staff so you don't know how they're suffering like I've I wonder if it's like what I experienced working at an office that had a satellite office far away of just like you just make these assumptions of people you don't see all the time. Yeah, and, and their work appears. You're like, oh, good, they made this fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm sure it uh, was easy to do. Okay, moving on. But so, yeah, okay. Then my theory was wrong. It's we'll okay. Get to that more on Burns. It's still an fun. example of the theory. But next we get a, a rare scene between uh, Skinner and Moe. It's so weird, but <laughs> I love it. Oh, I it's the excellent posture and, and stole about the haircut. squeaky voice. He's my favorite part it's of it. It's a real mix. In the uh, spirit of the occasion, I must tell you what I think. You two screwed up, Royal. You know, I really don't feel like being blamed. I feel that you should shut up. Uh, you know, you really irritate me, Skinner. What with your store-bought haircut and excellent posture. <laughs> Mister, I can't stand the sound of your voice. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. oh, now, now, there's no need to resort to violence. Oh, sure there is. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to punching Skinner. We never really saw the I didn't feel like mm -hmm. it guy. Yeah, he never came true. back. 
I just love that turn, the turn of the what he thinks he's yeah. lining up to punch the squeaky voice teen, and then he spins around to punch Skinner instead. When he said store-bought haircut, is that him saying he's got a toupee, or is I it think just so. it's a good haircut? I feel like the, there's, a, there's a toupee reference in the next episode. Say they were kind of ah, creeping towards that yeah. kind of joke again, but Graining was like, never a toupee joke on our show. It's he, too cheesy. He prevented it every time. Like, no, yeah. the, the principal having a toupee is too stupid. Then, uh, with the graven image, or the idol image of, like of Brad Goodman. Throwing it's flower petals, image. yeah. But it it reminds you, like, oh, yeah, Brad Goodman. That was a character in this episode. He's gone forever. And I like Bart's Eep. It's very comic booky, like Eep. Eep. And, and well, then and, it's a real it's a real murkiny cop out of an ending. Well, I just love this part. Damn, they're very slowly getting away. They're heading for the old mill. No, we're not. Well, let's go to the old mill anyway. Get some cider. <laughs> You're Barney in there yelling about cider? Yeah, yes. they had to play it. Had it play reminds it. me of uh, Let's Go Sing Carols at the Old Folks Home. <laughs> it's a similar giving up with yeah. Mo in there, too. Just like, yeah, 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 give up. And and then they sort of try to decide what the theme of the episode is, and it's they really years. can't figure it out. I think it ends uh, poorly. I mean, yes. there's a lot of great jokes, but they realize by the end, like, oh, we didn't actually tell a story with a theme, <laughs> or it was just a bunch of stuff that happened, similar as they said to in the Blood old Feud. Yeah. yeah. If only Bart had been a better role model for everyone. That's not fair. The lesson here is that self-improvement is better left to people who live in big cities. No! Self-improvement can be achieved, but not with a quick fix. It's a long, arduous journey of personal and spiritual discovery. That's what I've been saying! Uh. We're all fine the way we are. Ooh, it's that new show about the policeman who solves crimes in his spare time. Break it, Homer. You busted up that crack house pretty bad, McGonagall. Did you really have to break so much furniture? You tell me, Chief. You had a pretty good view from behind your desk. Ah, uh, McGonagall. Eases the pain. You're off the case, McGonagall. You're off your case, Chief. What does that mean, exactly? It means he gets results, you stupid Chief! Dad, sit down. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> then it ends. I, I feel like this ending seems like a quick fix they must have rewritten because we never see McGarnagle yeah. or any Their of the footage. are so rock and roll. Yeah. Like, as as a kid, I just took it as, like, they're watching McGarnagle. But now as someone watching it on DVD, I'm like, they paused this scene. Yeah. And then they wrote the McGarnagle bit. And then Homer's mouth movement is actually recycled of... It was from, I'm pretty sure it's from Clown Without Pity mm. from Treehouse of Horror. Uh, like when he says, yeah, dogs like to do that old, dogs burial like burial junk. junk. Yeah. I, I feel like we should have seen McGarnagle because I yeah. we don't we saw him once in the, I'm trying to eat a sandwich here. We'll see him in The Boy Who Knew Too Much. I looked it up. Oh, yeah, now. okay. That, but it, oh, that's it, where that comes from? Yep. Okay. We like, didn't see him before this, me, right? McGarnagle. If you're a marine biologist and discover a new species, please just name it McGarnagle. <laughs> I, I love McGarnagle. Is their McBain replacement then? Uh, a, I think He's Clint Eastwood he to is. his Schwarzenegger. Right, but yeah. I feel like they couldn't use McBain anymore. They were still legal in the thing reasons. of like, we can't show McBain anymore. Really? They didn't, because they were, because they were told the movie McBain was, yeah. was why they had to stop it and just have Raymer Wolfcastle, the actor there, but they couldn't watch a film called McBain. It would still be in season five that they'd get in McGarnagle, so I wonder if this was just them testing it out or they were already writing or beginning to animate McGarnagle in this and they're like hey we should just let's just put McGarnagle in this yeah, one yeah. and I like the concept the concept is that 
a cop who solves crimes in his spare time, time. but it's <laughs> his job to solve crimes then. So what's he doing in his spare time? It's it's a crappy ending, but the McGarnagal joke at least like lightens it. It's a nice it's a nice little gag. This episode was a lot messier than I remembered. Same here. I mean, I feel like they let March down as much yeah. as they wanted to give her one act to shine and one act to analyze how poorly they've used her. But there's there's a lot of funny stuff, and I can't say this is bad. It's just the plot doesn't track as well as what we've seen so far in season five. At best, they remember at the end of March saying. I should have been nagging more like oh yeah you remembered this too because <laughs> yeah. you totally you totally dropped it but there's there's a ton, there's a great mix of ideas in there Albert Brooks doing ama- doing an amazing performance and some really funny lines but it does feel like by the time you get to McGarnagle you have completely forgotten this started with a trampoline yeah, yeah. you have no remembrance wow, I'm totally out of it that, yeah. there's a trampoline here <laughs> it happened it, it sprung oh my the god yeah it sprung the whole story into action for some reason but so that was Bart's inner child and I've been your host Bob Mackey you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo I also write for fandom uh, video game stuff for fandom.com and I write a comedy article for somethingawful.com every other Thursday. Let me compliment you, Bob, on oh, your, thank your you. work on something awful has been very good this year. And as you tweeted, it is true. They just write themselves in uh, 2017. I think I, I have to give up because satire will be impossible soon uh, <laughs> because reality is the same thing. And yes, and also I do the podcast Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast every Monday at Retronauts.com. You can find a new episode. We've done hundreds of them. Just go back into our archives. Find something about a game you like and listen to it. We're all on the Bart versus the Space Mutants podcast. It is essentially a Talking Simpsons episode about a bad Simpsons video game. So <laughs> if you're a Talking Simpsons fan, please start with the Bart versus the Space Mutants episode of Retronauts. You can find that at Retronauts.com and in your podcast, Machine as Retronauts. Just look for us there. And then if you are if you care that much about about making more fun of Bart versus the Space Mutants, we've been doing a race every Monday on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash laser time, and we did one, Dave versus me, two screens simultaneously, the first level of Bart versus the Space Mutants to see who can get the most purple objects. <laughs> in the, the winner, no one. Nobody no wins one. playing that game. And a bunch more of that stuff on lasertimepodcast.com where you can find the show Laser Time 30 2010, uh, where we talk about The Simpsons occasionally and um, uh, Video Game Apocalypse. And I'm H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. You can also find my work on fandom.com, mainly about video games. But also, if you are listening to this, we want to say that you can get so much more out of Talking Simpsons by yes. going to patreon.com slash laser time. This entire thing is funded by listeners like mm-hmm. you at patreon.com. Every little bit helps, but $5 a month will get you access to the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, mm-hmm. our seasons two, three, and four mm-hmm. special wrap up episodes Mm -hmm. as well as hundreds literally hundreds of hours of exclusive content right on there yes as of march we did comment full-length commentaries drinking and all uh Mm. for raising arizona and twister Twister, because of bill paxton uh hopefully we'll do shin godzilla soon but we also have a full like a, a fully synced video commentary just for patrons of uh the first episode of mighty Morphin power rangers which is relevant because it was on fox and so is the Simpsons. Wow, yeah. man. See there's, how I did that? I'm a master. Uh-huh. There's so much great content there. You'd be a fool not to give <laughs> but, us But money. it is like the, our our main means of support. And we can't do this without the You're thinking, not me. I don't have to. You're skipping this right now. Thinking you, you're not yeah. responsible. But it would help. And like, you know, we're all poor. But we're making do. Good. We're fine. San Francisco is not a cheap city. It is not. But thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Boy Scouts in the Hood. See you then. 
infotainment.